Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. What men are saying privately that I know is that they're scared, they're gonna lose their jobs, they're gonna lose their careers, because they're seeing Charlie Rose, they're seeing Cosby in jail, they're seeing Weinstein. Like, is that gonna to happen to me? I like, be honest about the things that you've done. You know, make a conscious decision that I want to evolve. Is there a space for redemption? But I think we collectively have got to figure out how to make that happen and what that looks like. And we're still figuring out this is very new. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet, creating a future environment of hope. The true clash of civilizations in the future will be along the fault lines between civilizations that treat women as equal members of the human species and civilizations that cannot or will not do so. So say the authors of the book Sex and World Peace. They propose that establishing gender equality will make the world safer, healthier, more prosperous, more democratic, and less corrupt. They present compelling data that suggest a direct correlation between world peace and the security of women. Professor and psychologist Alice Eagley goes a level deeper. She points out that in every social science test, gender stereotypes trump even racial stereotypes. In other words, gender may be the deepest template in the human psyche, and it sets the pattern for most other forms of oppression and hierarchy. This gender wound is painfully evident in public health statistics. Domestic violence is the leading cause of injury and death worldwide for women between the ages of 15 and 44, directly affecting about one-third of all women. But patriarchy is also destroying men's well-being and souls. Studies have found that one in seven men in the U.S. have been victims of severe physical violence by an intimate partner and that rigid gender norms increase the risk of depression and suicide for boys. So how can we heal the gender wound to liberate men as well as women? There's a growing movement to redefine manhood and to address ways that violence is baked into our cultural expectations of masculinity. Courageous, visionary men are rising to the challenge. One of those men is activist, writer, and public speaker Kevin Powell. In this half hour, Powell boldly and bravely discusses his experiences with toxic masculinity and his journey to redefine what it means to be a man. This is Climbing Out of the Man Box. What does healthy manhood look like? I'm Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. So I grew up loving TV shows like I Dream of Jeannie, remember that show? Where she called Major Nelson, master, and he would put her back in a bottle. And I'm thinking to myself, years later, wow, boy, was that reinforcing patriarchy and sexism. 
Or I'd watch shows that I, I mean, it hurts my heart. I love Happy Days. Remember Happy Days? The Fonz would snap his fingers and women would just fly out of the ceiling. Now, we're laughing about this, but as a boy taking this in, think about the devastating effect of these images. Just like the devastating effect of black folks seeing uh, images of us only in certain ways that are stereotypical. Are y'all with me out there? This applies across the board. And so this is how I was socialized. Fighting was normalized. Violence was normalized. Not respecting women and girls as our equals, as our equals, as our equals, as our equals, which is what women and girls are, was not part of it. Kevin Powell is an acclaimed political activist, poet, writer, and entrepreneur. He's the author of 12 books, including The Education of Kevin Powell, A Boy's Journey into Manhood, and My Mother, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and The Last Stand of the Angry White Man. He has hosted and produced programming on HBO and BET TV, and appeared on a TV show titled Oprah Talks to Men Who've Beaten Women. He lectures widely at universities, prisons, religious institutions, conferences, and in corporate and institutional settings, including Harvard University and the United Nations. From a very early age, like all boys, he learned about what manhood is supposed to be. Kevin Powell spoke at a Bioneers conference. I was born and raised in Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm the product of a single-parent household, single mother. Shout out to single mothers out there. Always. My mother, like many African-Americans, migrated from the South, from Texas, from Alabama, from Louisiana, from South Carolina, where she's from, to places like Oakland, California, like Richmond, California, like San Leandro and Hayward, or Brooklyn, or Jersey City, where I was born and raised. She was in her early 20s. She had already survived the racism and the sexism and the classism of the American South being born in 1943, where her birth certificate said colored, not black, not African-American, colored. She dealt with sexism growing up because by the time she was eight years old, she and her three sisters, there was four of them, three sisters and and a boy, only the boy was allowed to graduate from high school. All the girls had to work. My mother started working when she was eight years old in cotton fields. She only got to the eighth grade. She was basically groomed not to have a career any other way other than the being the help for the privileged and powerful in her community. Are y'all with me out there? You know, this is where my mother came from. So she got on a Greyhound bus, as many black women did during those times, and she packed her life into suitcases, and they came up north, she and two of her sisters, and they shared one bed in, one, in a one-room apartment in Jersey City. And at some point, at some point, my mother met my father. She was in her early 20s. He was in his 30s. She fell in love with him, and he fell in lust with her. And he manipulated my mother, and he got my mother pregnant. And my mother was forced, when it was time to give birth to me, to call a taxi cab because she's a poor black woman in America. There's no resources, there's no cars, there's no drivers, like there's nothing. And she had to go to the hospital in a cab, and that's how I was born. Like most young boys, Kevin Powell looked to his father as a model of what it means to be a man. That is, during the few times he ever saw his father. I only saw my father, my first introduction to manhood, three times in my life. Between the time I was born and I was eight years old. And my father pretended several times that he was going to marry my mother. He would play games with her. Well, let's get married. And then he would pull back. My mother would call him periodically, can you help us? One time, he bought me a watch when I was a little boy. A second time, he bought me a bicycle. A third time, he he was a truck driver, so he had money. 
He actually lived in a house that he owned, but we're living in a rat and roach infested tenement. This is where I come from. My father, the one time I went driving with him in his truck, inside of his truck, I'm six, seven years old, are images of naked women. And when he saw my discomfort at the nudity of these women, he just started laughing and basically said a lot of what I heard from older men throughout my adolescence and youth. This is what it is to be a man. Are y'all with me out there? When I was eight years old, it was a rainy day, I'll never forget it, my mother, we didn't have a telephone in the house, said, we're going to go to the drugstore down the street, we're going to go to a payphone. I know y'all are too young to remember payphones. <laughs> and she called my father, and she asked him again, can you help us? Can you help us? And on this particular day, his toxic manhood said, you lied to me. He's not my son, and I look like my father. And I'm not going to give you another nickel for him ever again and hung up the phone on my mother. My mother was devastated, and she shared with me what my father had said. And right then and there, this eight-year-old boy, Kevin Powell, had a father hole, a manhood hole that was as wide as the Grand Canyon, emotionally, spiritually, in every which way you can imagine. That experience had a profound and lasting impact on Kevin Powell. Don't be like your father, his mother told him. But what does it mean to be a man? He spoke on a Bioneers panel about how his own pain led him to repeat the pattern and to take it out on women. It's not easy when your father and mother are not married and every year you go to school as a kid, grade school, and they ask the name of your mother, and you say her name, the same name, and every year you say a different name for your father, and you're mm -hmm. taking those names from characters you see on TV, you know, like Michael, as in Michael Brady from the Brady Bunch, like James, as in James Evans from Good Times. That's what I did, you know what I mean? Because you're looking for manhood, you're looking for a man, you're looking for a man. Yeah. You know, it's not easy when your father tells your mother because he's wounded, he's damaged, and it would be many years that I would have to go in my own life well into my 30s before I would even forgive this person. And when he disowns you, that hurts you. You know, you find yourself, like I did growing up in Jersey City, inner city environment, yep, a student, but yep, I'm on the streets because you're looking for manhood any way you can. This is why we join gangs. This is why we have crews. This is why we rolling with our boys. We end up not only uh, mentoring each other, fathering each other, but even policing each other. This is why some of those boys like me had serious anger issues. And by the time I'm 15, 16 years old, in spite of being an A student, I'm getting arrested. I'm getting in trouble with the police because you're looking for a man. Right. You're looking for a man. You get to college and you think, okay, maybe this is it. And then you start to engage in destructive behavior, the same behavior that your mother told you not to engage in. Again, don't be like your father. Don't be like your father. You know, you get out of college, you're in your early 20s like I was, because you still haven't processed all this rage and trauma that you have. Your girlfriend says something to you that you don't like. You feel powerlessness mm. and you push her into a bathroom door because mm. in that moment you feel powerful. But then when she runs out of the house, you're standing there trembling because you now realize what you just did. That's right. In 1991, while Kevin Powell was arguing with his girlfriend, she challenged him. His anger boiled over and he pushed her against the bathroom door. She began crying and ran barefoot from the apartment. Years later, he offered her an apology, which he accepted. But the incident marked a turning point in his journey. 
He'd become deeply involved as an activist in social and racial justice issues. And now suddenly, he found himself challenged by his fellow students and colleagues about his sexism. There were women, and a few men, but mostly women, who said to me, Kevin Powell, you're a hypocrite. How can you talk about injustice in the world and you're participating in the oppression of half the country and the world's population? That was devastating to me. Equally devastating is when some women said to me, you need to read Bell Hooks. And I said, well, <laughs> and I said, well that's an interesting name. And now, who is that? We're laughing about it, but not only did I grow up not knowing, learning anything about women and girls in our history, my four years at Rutgers University, the only woman writer I read in college, Zora Neale Hurston, their eyes were watching God. That was it. And so even in college, when I thought back on it, after being challenged around that bathroom door incident, here I was thinking I was this brilliant young man, but when women leaders at, at Rutgers University would challenge us on our sexism, we would say disparaging, disrespectful things to them because what men like to do who are engaged in toxic manhood is silence women and girls. I was told after that incident, you need to own your mistake, number one. I was told after that incident, number two, men, you need, you need, you must get help. What did that look like for me? It meant therapy. It meant counseling. It meant therapy. All those traumas that I grew up with, I was now passing along, taking out on other people, including women. Number three, Kevin Powell, you need to start listening. Men, we need to start listening to the voices of women and girls. I was in my 20s, taking all of this in. And number four, what was said to me? You need to become an ally, an ally, a consistent ally to women and girls. Number five, how do you become an ally? You must read. And I found myself, you must study. I was like, well, who is Bell Hooks? Who is Gloria Steinem? Who is Eve Ensler? Who is Audre Lorde? Who's June Jordan? Who's Sonia Sanchez? Who is Nikki Giovanni? Because I realized I was completely ignorant about women. Completely ignorant. Like many of us are. And it was hard to read things where women were saying very powerful things about what they had experienced at the hands of men. But we don't have the kind of transformation that Bioneers represents if people, if we as a people, no matter how we identify ourselves, are not willing to take hard looks in the mirror. A hard look in the mirror irreversibly launched Kevin Powell on a transformational trajectory. He was committed to climbing out of the man box. But how and where do you start? You have to do the work. And so it began in 1991 with a terrible, terrible experience. I never engaged in that kind of behavior again. But I'm going to be honest with you all, it was a journey to move from toxic manhood and trying to figure out, well, what does healthy manhood look like? I've been taught 
that manhood is violence. I've been taught that manhood is ego. I've been taught that manhood is senseless competition. I've been taught that men don't cry. They don't express themselves. I was taught that men can't be vulnerable. Are y'all with me? And I said to myself, wait a minute. Here I am trying to figure this thing out, and there's all these wacky definitions out there about manhood in rock and roll, in jazz, in hip-hop, in movies, on TV, in books. I had to question everything. That's how you begin to redefine manhood. You've got to question everything. And ask yourself, what's wrong with love? What's wrong with peace? What's wrong with nonviolence? To climb out of the man box, you have to question everything. When we return, Kevin Powell talks about what redemption looks like and how lessons from the struggle for racial justice and reconciliation can help us heal the gender wound. This is Climbing Out of the Man Box, What Does Healthy Manhood Look Like? I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. You can see and hear more from Kevin Powell and explore more Bioneers radio programs, podcasts, and videos online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. For Kevin Powell to face his psychological shadow side, to redefine his manhood, he embarked on a personal journey of self-healing. There were plenty of ups and downs. But he knew he wanted to be a very different man, a kind man, as seen through the eyes of women and girls. He spoke with us at a Bioneers conference. Rooted in peace, rooted in love, self-love and love of others, rooted in nonviolence, rooted in kindness and generosity, rooted in self-accountability and self-responsibility, respecting and honoring and saying in words and deeds that women and girls are my equals, are my equals, are my equals. Having the ability to listen to women and girls, making a point to understand the world, not just through your lens, but through the lens of women and girls. I mean, that's where the empathy comes in and the compassion. For me, healthy manhood has meant years and years of therapy, like lots of therapy, unpacking stuff. Like, where did my anger come from? Where did the rage come from? Where did the violence come from? What are the healthier ways that I can express myself? Oh, it means as a man, maybe I should be practicing yoga. I actually thought years ago before I became a yogi, that's just for women. I mean, this is the kind of sexist stuff that's in our heads. Well, yoga is not for men, it's for women. 
That doesn't even make any sense. You know what I mean? But I actually thought that. You know what I mean? Uh, it means getting up every day and praying and meditating and understanding that the toxic manhood is just like go, go, go. It's like about ego and greed and materialism and unhealthy competition, senseless competition with each other and understanding how to slow down. You know, it means being able to express yourself. It means having honest conversations with my wife, who's a very serious progressive feminist and saying, I'm hurting. I need help. You know, I need you as an equal partner. I don't want to be the man of the house. Can we be co-partners of this household, of this family? It means, you know, recreating what reality looks like, like Eve Ensler has said to me many times, creating that alternate universe, she calls it. And I think that's what it is to be a man, you know, having the courage to do those things. And if you don't have the tools, figuring out how to get those tools. Kevin Powell has made it his life's work to create that alternate universe. Today, he works widely with men and boys to redefine manhood and help others begin the healing process. Shame and blame aren't going to cause real transformation. So how do we break the vicious circle? What does redemption look like? How do we bring folks together? You know, how do we help folks to let go of what's been holding them back, to, to express what they need to feel, also give them some examples of some alternative definitions of manhood, masculinity, that is healthy. That is moving in a different direction. All those energies, you know, I want my masculine side and my feminine side. I'm real clear about that. And I can't tell you how many women have hit me up or young girls have hit me up. I'm a survivor, but just as much, how many men have said to me, I need help. That's right. That's right. I don't know what to do. And if we really are about healing and creating sacred spaces, we got to help people. Just like someone had the uh, courage to help me, because I wouldn't mm. be sitting here if someone didn't mm. say, I see something in him. Let's not just throw him away. There you go. Dr. King had his life threatened. This man was killed, as Bobby Kennedy said, by a white man. But to his dying day, he's like, we got to love them anyway. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out a way to let them see what they can be. Are y'all with me out there? And that's what sacred healing means to me, helping people see what's possible. Not just what's wrong with them, but what's possible. Sacred healing means not simply throwing men away, says Kevin Powell. They know not what they do, or if they do know, they often just don't have the tools to get past their pain and patterns. He sees strong parallels with the civil rights movement. I'm a student of the civil rights movement because I, so when I think about it, you know, there were folks who were like, yes, civil rights. And there were folks who were like, hell no, no civil rights. You know what I mean? Same thing with Me Too, the Me Too movie. There are folks who are like, yes, we need this. And then there are folks, men mostly, you know, but also some women I've heard on, in public on social media saying, oh, this is harmful to men. Why are we doing this to men? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, and so I think it's very similar in the sense that it represents a real kind of almost like an internal hurricane happening in the American spirit. You know what I mean? It's like when white America had to grapple with, well, these black folks are saying, and white folks who were working with them during the civil rights movement, they should be treated as equals. They should have the right to vote. People were resisting this. You know the history. And then at a certain point, it became normalized. And so it's not unusual now to see people of all different races sitting in the same space together like it's no big deal. But it took a lot of trauma and chaos. And I feel like that's what we're going through right now with Me Too, because what men are saying privately that I know is that they're scared they're going to lose their jobs, they're going to lose their careers because they're seeing Matt Lauer, they're seeing Charlie Rose, they're seeing Cosby in jail, they're seeing Weinstein. Like, is that going to happen to me? I like, be honest about the things that you've done. You know, make a conscious decision that I want to evolve. Is there a space for redemption? But I think we collectively have got to figure out how to make that happen and what that looks like. And we're still figuring out. This is very new. It's very new.
We're still figuring it out, says Kevin Powell, and society has to make space in order for us to evolve together. Clearly, there's a widespread cultural awakening unfolding today. And for things to really change, for women to enjoy genuine equality, and for men to heal from toxic manhood, men have to take responsibility. They have to actively raise their voices with other men to say, yes, we can be different. What I'm happy to say to you all is that over the last 27 years, I've seen more men get involved, but we still are a very small part of the solution. Are y'all with me out there? And so I want to say this to the men out there. If you identify as a male, hold your hand up for a second. If you, look at all those hands out there. Let me say this to you all with all due love and respect. Again, women and girls are our equals, are our equals, are our equals, are our equals, are our equals in every single way. That's number one. Number two, even if you are not the kind of man who would ever call a woman a disrespectful name, touch her inappropriately, touch her without an invitation, rape her, molest her, assault her, God forbid stab her, shoot her, murder her, and all these things happen in our country on this planet. The New York Times Magazine said a few years back that ending violence against women and girls is one of the major human rights issues in the entire planet. Even you're the kind of man who would never engage in those things, but you have men around you, in your family, in your synagogue, in your masjid or mosque, in your church, in your temple, in your fraternity, on your sports team, at work, in your barbershop, wherever you go where men gather and you hear men engaging in toxic manhood, destructive language and behavior toward women and girls, and you say nothing, nothing, nothing about it, you, we, become just as guilty. So my hope, my hope, my great hope, because we have to have hope in spite of all that's happening right now, is that hashtag Me Too, just like the civil rights movement a generation ago, will not only empower women, like the civil rights movement empowered black people, but that movement empowered all of us. My hope to us as men is that we understand as women are using their voices, it should be the wind behind us and saying, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a different different kind of man and human being. I love you all. Thank you. Kevin Powell, a different kind of man. Climbing out of the man box, what does healthy manhood look like? The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer and station relations, Stephanie Welch. Host and consulting producer, Neil Harvey. Producer, Teo Grossman. Program engineer, Emily Harris. Our theme music is co-written by the Baca Forest people of Cameroon and Baca Beyond from the album East to West. 
All royalties from Baca compositions and performances go to the Baca Forest people through the charity Global Music Exchange. Find out more at globalmusicexchange.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 0318.